0: This is Rachel McElroy.
1: Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And
0: this is Wonderful. Welcome
1: to Wonderful. You're Welcome. In, you're inside now, and we're gonna shut the doors boom, and lock them. Wait, why are we locking them? And then here's the key, and I'm gonna swallow it. Ah! 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 This key is too big to swallow, so I'm just going to put it in my pocket. But don't try and go for it. You're in here now. I
0: don't know that I like trapping people in our
1: podcast. Well, here's the thing. Is it, it helps the numbers. So oh, no. user retention and minutes listen. These these numbers are very, very important. Mm-hmm. How many minutes
0: adver- do we have to keep
1: them here for it to count? Uh, it depends on the advertiser. Uh, um, like You know how we okay, have that okay, big okay. course light. Advertisement uh-huh. coming up. They want them here for like fifteen minutes mm-hmm. at least. So please don't leave for the first 15 minutes. So Coors Light likes us. And no, that's not. We don't have we don't have that course light money. No, we do not. Yet. <laughs> do you have any small wonders?
0: Uh I'm going to say uh just plant nurseries. Okay. I I decided I was going to invest in some herbs. Mm-hmm you gonna no i'm not all right uh <laughs> and i had an instinct to go to like a big box hardware store and then i thought you know what i bet there is a local plant nursery turns out there was It was like three minutes away yeah and i went there and it was just pleasant it was just pleasant to be there look at the plants
1: i bet i bet it's a nice place to be right now most mm-hmm. most like uh i've had to go to lowe's a couple times to like get things for our house when it started to fall apart and just being in like the outdoor section i mean it's 155 degrees yeah. which which is not great, but just like it feels it's a nice place to be in in the quar. You yeah, know what I mean? not every
0: city has a botanical garden, but you know, most sure. places have a, a plant nursery.
1: Uh, I'm going to say Afrin. Uh, <laughs> I recently had a procedure to get my turbinates shrunk down because I couldn't. My right nostril basically stopped working. Uh, and since then, the recovery has been surprisingly arduous. And uh, I've been very, very stuffy and and hurting. And and that Afrin is like the fucking limitless pill. You take it (laughs) and just instantly it opens things up. And this is—I know this is like the second or third time I've talked about some sort of sinus-based medication. I I know
0: for sure Sudafed was one of your wonders at one point.
1: Sudafed is the longer, longer haul Afrin, which, from what I understand, Afrin can also have a sort of addictive property to it. So I got to be careful with that. But it uh, it, is—it's literally. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde potion, like I'm so stuffy and then I'll do a couple snoots and then I'm ready to go. It's incredible. It's incredible medicine that works. And that's my, that's my shit. Griffin takes
0: it and then comes into the living room and ceremoniously lies down on the couch and just waits for it to kick in. It's
1: crazy. Well, I do that so that it, you know, settles in my my schnoz and really gets in there. Uh, But Afrin, man, I'm uh, upset. I've only just discovered it. Thanks to this procedure and the number of like sinus issues I've had in the past. It makes yeah. me very upset. To 30 that
0: plus I- years without nasal spray. I know,
1: wild. Okay. <laughs> uh, I go first this week. My first thing that I want to talk about is open mic night.
0: Whoa. I know,
1: right? Uh, open mic night is something that I went to literally every week I in Huntington. I
0: can't imagine this, right? Like, it feels like the most vulnerable thing to me. <sighs> And the fact that you did it repeatedly kind of so blows my mind.
1: I only did it a few times. I'm, I'm talking more of like a, as a patron uh, of, of open mic night. I would perform a few times, but we would go to open mic night on Wednesday nights uh, at the V Club like every, every week, week in, week out, no matter what, even if we were performing or not. With our group of friends, usually someone was performing, but very rarely was I actually getting up there and, it's and just, taking my turn. I
0: know that you get – you you. it's not – Unusual for you to get uncomfortable watching somebody perform when they are nervous.
1: Well, here's the thing. Here's the double standard that I have for that. Okay. For me, that applies to comedy and it doesn't really apply to music. And I realize that that is like a snooty thing to say, but for whatever (laughs) reason, like watching somebody bomb at comedy sort of makes my makes my skin crawl and I hope Uh I can say that in like a non-judgmental way it's just the secondhand anxiety I get from that is very very intensified I don't really get that with music as much because well I think music is a lot more subjective and I think it's you know easier to find something good in the music that people are performing uh than than Hmm. sort of bad comedy uh but also because like I don't do that kind of like music sort of professionally, like I don't play live performance music professionally. Yeah. So like I don't have as much to draw on when I use my imagination to pretend it's like me up there bombing. Um, so I I really, really uh, enjoyed open mic nights. I, ha- I haven't really gone to them since I moved away from, from Huntington quite as much. There was a place in Chicago I would go to occasionally. Um, but uh, it, it's such a great idea. And the, the unpredictability of it, I think for me is what makes it so exciting. Like you really never know what you are going to see at any sort of given open mic performance. Um, and yes, there are certainly lots of performances that are um, not great, but sometimes you'll see a performance that is great. And you get that like a really nice moment of sort of talking with your friends and then just sort of the conversation stopping and being like, Oh shit. Like, Whoever's on stage right now is actually really, really good. Yeah. Um, It did. The few times that I did perform, it is terrifying because you – whenever I would, you know, bring my guitar up there and play, like, you – know what that audience is like because you've been in it so you like you know that it's not the most rapt attention and so you're you're kind of fighting for their attention uh-huh. a little bit which makes it satisfying when you get it but you know all the more disheartening when you don't uh and i find that like i find that very very guess, exciting
0: uh, you know i guess i guess what it is is i have only known you in a performance context where you are collaborating with your family yes so the idea of you getting up on stage by yourself to do something it like blows my mind a little bit
1: yeah no yeah i've i have not had to do that more than a handful i think my fsu speech is probably like the biggest thing i've done by myself uh but yeah it's i definitely feel more comfortable with my (laughs) with my family up there with me um there's there's when it's good you get this feeling like you are catching the first glimpse of something even if, and i'm not saying like everybody turns out to be you know a big big nashville star or whatever following their their good open mic performance but you get the feeling of like oh i am seeing i am hearing good music that like nobody else has really been exposed to before and that is sort of like tantalizing but when it's bad when it's music and it's bad for me at least personally speaking i get a sense of like knowing that the person who is playing music on stage right now is nervous and is fighting those nerves and is like still sort of like doing their thing up there, even though they're nervous. I find that very like, um, you know, I get secondhand gratification off that, like watching somebody face their fears like that. Maybe it's a double standard. I should feel that way about comedy too, but it's, it's, uh, I don't know why. Yeah. I didn't mean, I didn't
0: mean to call you out. I think like I am somebody, who gets incredibly nervous doing anything by myself on stage? Uh, and, for example, when I was in Chicago, you know, I was somebody who was really involved in poetry at the time and went to a lot of, you know what could be called kind of a poetry open mic, yeah,, uh, but could never imagine doing it myself, like, yeah. as confident as I might have felt in my ability, like I, oh god <laughs> yeah
1: um i I just I also think like a good uh open mic venue has this like symbiotic relationship with the performers and the patrons where like if the open mic the v club was a very welcoming spot for for musicians to come and play so first of all like it would attract real weirdos who would get (laughs) up there and do like some pretty uh let's call it experimental shit yeah which is super like super fun like this is bad but i've never heard it before so holy (laughs) shit Um, but it also attracted people who were very good and very talented. And because it was a positive experience because of the venue and the way they sort of like enforced things and, and and invited that talent, more talent would come. And so like when you went to the V club, you could count on it usually being a good, good time, like a good slate of performances because that's what they, that's what they attract. That's a
0: really, that's a really good point. Yeah. The environment makes a huge
1: difference. Um, also because like, you know, you're going out with your friends and, uh it's just i feel like a neat activity to because all those things you're feeling of the secondhand like anxiety and the like secondhand pride of watching people like sharing that with with friends that you're like out on the town with is very exciting it's usually free to to go to an open mic um i uh yeah i miss it i feel like i would enjoy i mean obviously it's much harder for us to i mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now in the quarantine i would not want to go out to an open mic because yeah. i don't know that those are even happening but you know with a with a kiddo it's all that more difficult for us to go out for a night on the town yeah. so i understand why we're not doing it as much anymore but that's like that was my favorite way to like go go out i i mm. i would very rarely go out with my friends just to get drunk or whatever. Usually it was to go to the V club and watch open.
0: And it's a community too, right? Like I, I was telling Griffin one thing I really wanted to talk about this week, but I couldn't quite wrap my head around. It was that like creative community, right? Like being, being in a room or a space with other people, who have a similar interest and are trying to create things, you know, and I didn't really know how to talk about that, but I feel like that's kind of what you, kind of what this is describing because
1: you get, you get, it's satisfying to be there and like, that's its own sort of reward. But you do like, I did see some performers who went on to like start being like, I watched Tyler Childers play there a few times and now he's like a big, big, big country star. Uh, And I just, everything about it, I think is cool. It is just a, Mm -hmm. it is just a sort of cool premise for a thing that, that, a a venue can do um i've also been to bad open mic (laughs) venues where the venue is just like uh the back room of some restaurant where people are talking as loud as humanly possible and you can't really hear yourself play guitar and everyone just ignores you uh but like eventually those would die out because nobody would want to fucking play there Mm -hmm. um yeah hey what's your first thing
0: uh my first thing is a electronic pop duo called sylvan esso
1: okay is that? this the is this the 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 music video that you sent yes. to me? Okay, yeah, yes. this was fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> this is good, this is good stuff.
0: <laughs> you know me; I'm not a, always a huge fan of of electronic music. True. Uh, there are very kind of specific bands that I will like that fall in that category, and this is this is one of them.
1: I feel like you like an electronic pop. I feel like yes. you like a you like a Robin. You like uh yes. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. This this group actually reminded me a little bit of Dirty Projectors. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, do you recognize the name Sylvan Esso? I do
1: not at all, even a little bit.
0: Apparently, they derive their name from an iOS video game called Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that game ripped. That game fucking slaps. That oh, game is okay. super, super. I've played that game. I just didn't recognize, <laughs> did not recognize the name Sylvan Esso. Some,
0: sometimes when I like throw a video game reference at you, I feel like I'm like talking to somebody's nephew and I'm like, you like video games, <laughs>
1: right? Well, this was Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery was like an Early Iowa. Like it, oh. it was back when the app store was like 50 apps that you could download. Like this was okay. one of them and it was just rad. Like it's a super hip, like music based adventure oh, okay. game. Uh, and so it was like, I don't know. It was one of the first like cool iOS games, I feel like.
0: Yeah. So this group released their first album in 2014. Okay. So that, that may be why it, it timed out that way, that that's their name. Um, they met uh, the two members. Amelia Meath was in a three-woman folk group called Mountain Man. Uh, and they shared a bill at a club in Milwaukee with Nick Sanborn, who is the other member of the group. Uh, Amelia and Nick are actually now married. They formed their band and then in 2016 got married.
1: I love that. That's a, they're on that <laughs> they're on that tip.
0: Uh, They are now located in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, So they have had two albums. Uh, The first one, Sylvan Esso, was the name of the first album in 2014. The second was What Now in 2017. And then their album, Free Love, is set to come out September 25th. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I discovered them I you know it was interesting? So I actually one of their songs I did know uh on their first album was called Coffee and they did an
1: episode of Song Exploder. Oh cool. God, that show's so fucking good. God <laughs> Song Exploder's good. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't think I have actually listened to that episode, but I have heard that song. Um, they did chart their debut single "Hey Mommy" uh, came out, you know, in 2014 and reached number 39
1: on the Billboard chart. It's higher than we've gotten. <laughs> it's true. Where
0: are we? At? Where did we
1: get? Where did we
0: end? We got up? to 40. 40. Yeah. Oh, 40. With uh, and what was? Gosh.
1: Hey, Daddy. Hey. <laughs> remember? And you know, it would be like, Hey, Daddy that tie's too big for you. You know? <laughs> Rachel and I watched a clip of some old Whose Line Is It Anyway? And <laughs> fella, f- folks wearing their fucking ties in the, in the mid to late 90s, why were those shits
0: so large? Very large. I mean, everything wow. was large, right? Like the suits were big, the ties were big, the pants were big.
1: So big, these ties. Mm-hmm. Wow, all of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. Drew, Ryan, fucking Greg, all these ties very big ties i could wear them as a tank top now these ties
0: i like that we're not going to really discuss how we ended up watching whose line is in Anyway, as if this is a thing that all the <laughs> no we don't do this all often. the cool kids
1: do <laughs> we don't do this often i think youtube recommended it or something like that or maybe
0: well no we i think what it is is we get to a point in the night where it's late that we're not going to watch an entire show Oh yeah. and we usually want to watch something kind of light to close out our evening, yeah, we, and I think you just kind of suggested it. And there, I had were. a hankering
1: for Colin Mockery, is what yeah. it was. And yeah, we had like 20 minutes to kill,
0: a, a plus talent, yeah. The Colin L- and Mockery. All, a lot of uh, say a lot of jokes
1: that didn't age well, no, you would think, uh, we're not from the 1990s, but rather the fucking 1940s,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so regressive were their punchlines, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, anyway, anyway, Jesus, sorry. <laughs>
0: Uh, so I, I mentioned earlier that I am not always a fan of electronic music. And a lot of that is because, you know, I want, I want a melody. I want a hook, you know, I want, I want something I can like hang on to. Maybe that's just my interest in poetry. Like I'm looking for some
1: lyrics. Yeah. But I don't know that electronic music precludes those elements from happening. Like. I, I think a specific type of electronic music maybe doesn't focus on it, but I think especially poppier stuff almost universally does have it.
0: Well, I feel so. I feel like Nick Sanborn, uh, the member of the the duo that is really responsible for the the electronic component, said it really well um, in an interview I read. He said, "quote My favorite electronic music is music that really sounds like humans make it." You want to you want those choices to be emotionally intentional. Hopefully, every sound you pick, the way every word you would pick, is there for a reason. Sure, which you know may may sound. Um, I don't know, for, for real fans of that genre of music, they, they could probably make the argument that most electronic music does that. But for me, as an outsider, I found that really resonant, of I, just like music that is is a t- intentionally aligned with the lyrics in a way that it is producing kind of the emotional reaction that the lyrics are. Sylvan Esso, they just released a, like a live concert film documentary uh, that came out in April, and um, And the the lead singer, uh, Amelia, is is just kind of an incredible dancer and performer. It made me really sad to think, like, I've discovered this new band and I don't know when I'm going to get to see them live again. Especially the concert film made it pretty incredible. They were traveling with, like, a 10-piece band, Mm -hmm. which is like an electronic duo, was pretty unique. Uh, So it was cool to watch. But the song I wanted to play... Um, just came out, uh, in this, in this quarantine time of, of August, 2020, and it is rooftop dancing. So good. I would encourage everybody to check out the video for this song. The, the group lives in North Carolina, but they uh, have roots in New York and the video is, is just kind of New York in this time right now where there is still activity. There is still a lot of vibrancy, uh, but it is, you know, a lot in isolation. Uh, mm. And the video I think really captures that. It's, it's, like a very hopeful video you know it's kind of communicating there is still this spirit there even if the city looks very different sure Uh, and it's just uh
1: it's a really great song yeah um thank you for bringing it to my attention i've been bump i've been bumping it oh good as the teens say (laughs) can i steal you away yes
0: griffin yeah you know it's a shame what
1: Uh, your time, yeah, you can do that. Also, anything is possible. That's um, th- there for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, "Anything is possible." In wow, the yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com/slash/wonderfulpod for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code Wonderful Pod to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain. We got a couple jumbo goms here. Can I read? the first one yes this one is for future alex from past alex who says hello future alex this is past alex oh boy these last six months am i right i feel like this message could have worked at any point any
0: time
1: anyway uh despite everything going on i'm proud of everything that you're doing uh i will always love our long walks together laughing out loud to manga and petting every dog that we can. I'm your biggest supporter, and I can't wait to see what we do. Your best friend, Alex. This is very powerful, Alex. <laughs> it's strong and beautiful and clean. There was and a true. time during that message
0: where I forgot it was a person writing a message to themselves. Yes. And then I was like, "What a great friend!" Oh wait, no, this is.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very much. It's very much on that, Lizzo that Lizzo tip (laughs) what's that song where she talks about marrying her your own soulmate soulmate. god that Mm -hmm. song rips uh, you want to read this other one? I do.
0: This message is for Will. It is from Desi. Will, I love waking up with you every morning and falling asleep with you every night. You are the best person I could have possibly met, my dear, my doll. Love you lots and lots and polka dots. Your Desi.
1: So good. What a oh, good. Lots every,
0: and lots and polka dots. A succinct
1: little little package there. But every every moment of it was a delight. The oh. senses. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. A plus. Gold sticker. That has uh, that has what? It, who's Bart Simpson on it? He's giving a big thumbs up on a oh, skateboard. Oh, sun
0: with a smiley face in it.
1: Yeah, and it says uh, "cool job." <laughs> no, wait, it's an Ice Cube or Snowman. It says "you cool." Oh, perfect, perfect. You did cool.
0: You did cool. Now we're here. Schmanners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations.
1: Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found.
0: Manners, Schmanners. Can I hear your second thing?
1: You know I teased it. You knew it was coming. We did. Everybody knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. The the press, the podcast press, has been buzzing about it because I dropped some Mm -hmm. hints last episode. Some people are
0: about to win some money. Yeah, Uh, when they bet on the next episode topics.
1: The hurdy gurdy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you listen to the thing I sent you?
0: I did. It was cool to see because I I legit don't think I've heard of the hurdy gurdy. I did not know what it looks like.
1: Yeah, it's a weird box type. Okay, (laughs) let's let's start (laughs) let's start at the very beginning. hurdy-gurdy is a stringed instrument uh, that could be best described as a sort of crank-based violin accordion. You crank with one hand a, a hand crank, and with the other hand you manipulate buttons to change the tone of different strings that are played by a uh, rosined wheel. So imagine instead of the bow... Uh, which you would play with a uh, typical stringed instrument like a violin or a cello uh, that you know produces sound as you rub it across the strings. The wheel is sort of the same idea, but it just doesn't stop. You can produce long uninterrupted notes because you're cranking this wheel and it's rotating against the strings and uh, creating sound. And these buttons can change the sound, right? But there are also buttons that you can set so that they are pressed up against the string that you are not changing. So those produce a constant sort of drone. They're called drone strings. Um, and they produce one tone that you can then play a melody over with the buttons. And that's a hurdy-gurdy. Because of those drone notes, it is sort of, uh, it, it has the sort of sound impression of like a, a bagpipe, which also does uh, drone notes. But uh, to give you an idea of what the hurdy-gurdy is, I want to play a song uh, or a clip from a song. Sorry, every time I wrote hurdy-gurdy, my... the app i used to take notes translated it to curdy curdy like who is taught? first of all whoever Ooh, this milk is quite curdy like nobody says that and nobody would say it twice in a row (laughs) anyway uh there's a there's a song on youtube it has like four million views uh because it's one of those youtube recommends sort of uh quicksand pits that people just kind of fall into uh it is by a uh performer named andre vinogradov Uh, and the song is called Equilibrium Medieval Tune Uh, and it has an organ it's cheating but there's an organ layered on top of it but it'll give you a sound uh, an idea of what the the sound of a hurdy-gurdy is like
0: This instrument. Uh,
1: so my uh, uh, the first time I think I ever heard the words "Hurdy Gurdy" and saw what it was was when I was playing "Sea of Thieves," uh, which is that pirate game that I infamously ate a banana while covering for Polygon. Uh, um, yes. 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 Um, Uh, Because when you're playing that game, you can sort of play sea shanties with the other members of your crew and there's like an accordion and something else. But one of the instruments is a hurdy-gurdy. I was like, what the fuck is that thing? Uh, And so I looked it up and it is a a sort of semi-traditional sort of folk instrument uh, used, used in a lot of folk music. It has sort of an interesting origin. Um, it is used interchangeably with the bagpipe in a lot of different places because it has the, the drone notes that give it a sort of similar sound. So you can sort of compose around it the same way. Um, so there's lots of different types of folk music that use uh, the, the hurdy-gurdy, uh, like the uh, Catalan folk music, Cajun French, Hungarian and Slavic folk arrangements all typically can uh, include the hurdy-gurdy. Uh, It has its origins from the fiddle, which makes sense. Um, But when it was first developed, uh, it was called the Organistrum. And it had two drone notes and one melody string. But it was so fucking big that two people had to play it. One person would crank the crank and the other person would play the notes to change the melody string.
0: I look at this instrument and I just can't imagine how it happened. It seems like somebody was trying to make something else.
1: Yeah. They were trying to like make a like a coffee press or something or like, like that a big music box. And they were like, oh, what if you could play this like an instrument? It's really interesting because like nobody knows anything about the hurdy-gurdy. Like uh, I I feel like I, I I mean, obviously, there are there's a type of person that knows a lot about the hurdy-gurdy. And that person has been to more than one Renaissance fair. And that's not a judgment. <laughs> I fucking love a Ren fair. But that's what it I is. It is a fact. It is a fact. Um but like I would say, commonly it is not one of the instrument types that you ever even hear about, let alone learn about in school. Yeah. Which is interesting because like it was pretty like feverishly uh, iterated on when it first came out. You had the organistrum, which was very very large, and like you would see two beefy monks like playing it in a church, right? Um, and then people would would keep making smaller and smaller hurdy gurdies with more uh, sounds uh, by the Renaissance it was like popular, like as popular as other instruments and people played it very, very uh, commonly. Um, The reason why the hurdy-gurdy sort of fell out of of, uh, fashion was because by the end of the Renaissance, the way that composers were making music, people uh, were drawn to a more sort of polyphonic sound or a more sort of frenetic arrangement that because of the, the, set drone strings that you cannot change yeah. the sound of in the middle of a, of a performance on the hurdy-gurdy, it just became sort of impossible to, to play those songs. Like the, the, the hurdy-gurdy, I think, sounds really radical, but it's going to have like uh, those tones playing constantly that you are changing. So like a certain sort of, you know, you can't do like a Coltrane like jazz chord progression on a hurdy-gurdy because yeah. of those drone strings. So like because of that, people stopped playing the hurdy-gurdy and that mm-hmm. was it. I found that really interesting. Yeah. Like, the m- type of music we like made the hurdy-gurdy fall out of fashion just because, like, you couldn't I mean, play yeah, that music on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, like, that's the whole thing with rock and roll, right? Like, like all of a sudden, I don't know, like, big classical arrangements. Yeah, sure. I mean, music
1: musical much. taste changes and then mm-hmm. the instruments sort of follow suit, but, like, I cannot think of another instrument that so completely fell off the face of the earth like Mm. the hurdy-gurdy. The the next time we heard about the song or the the instrument was from Donovan, who in 1968 did write hurdy-gurdy man. Hurdy-gurdy man (laughs) does not feature a hurdy-gurdy in it. Thanks, Donovan. You had a real opportunity there. I think uh, do a signal boost, but it did sort of force people to like, what the fuck is Donovan talking about? Yeah, And then the hurdy-gurdy sort of had a slight a slight uptick uh, I mean it is prohibitively expensive I looked into hurdy gurdy. I
0: thought you might have
1: you know I looked into her you know I love a specialty <laughs> instrument that I will uh-huh. play for like one Adventure Zone uh-huh. song and then put in the closet and never play again uh, the hurdy-gurdy is like you know it's a complex instrument it has yeah. the wheel and it has these strings and it has How uh, would you
0: even like the maintenance like who this is like
1: you have to take them to like a hurdy-gurdy specialist <laughs> I think Fiddler's Green here in town like yeah. has one that you can like play there and they can like I think fix it for you I was looking at on their website, but they, they, I don't think they have any for sale. Um, but there, you know, there's a handful of hurdy-gurdy players on YouTube who have like hurdy-gurdy channels that you go and watch them, but it's <laughs> so niche because of uh the the price of entry and because like just nobody really knows about the hurdy-gurdy. But I think it is, uh, I think it's I just think it's amazing. I'm glad you did this after your bell tower week. We're like, we're like on a month of <laughs> I could do a whole month of obscure instruments. Yeah. Uh, the, uh the name hurdy-gurdy uh, is thought to be on a monopoetic just because of mm. back in the day the sound that it would make as you had to crank it although hurdy-gurdy or hurly burly are also old English terms for like commotion. So yeah,
0: I was gonna say be. I always thought it was a dance.
1: Uh, yeah I wouldn't I don't know what I thought it was before I knew it was an Mm -hmm. instrument but uh, I think it's great and also uh, the comments I found on the YouTube video that I played (laughs) the song from earlier are just some all time greats because again it is everybody coming there from YouTube recommends uh, and it's like a sad medieval tune and so I want to read some of the comments because they made me laugh so fucking hard Uh, when thy serf chooseth not to fertilize thy field (laughs) but to forsake thou and fertilize thy wife (laughs) When thine liege lord takes 50% of thine crop yield instead of just 40%. It's like if a violin and a bagpipe had a daughter, but she was saddened by something. Uh, and then, so the YouTube recommended has brought us all together again. Good to see you all. Oh, sweet. I love it, man. All There's there's a genre of like old obscure stringed instruments played by sort of weathered looking people that have the funniest fucking YouTube comments I have ever i've ever seen i saw one of uh like a three-stringed like very dark sounding gothic sounding lute uh and one of the comments was like other musicians uh i have to check my i have to check my tunes this guy i have to check my runes was- <laughs> anyway so are
0: you gonna make some memes maybe uh, it seems like maybe you're gonna make some memes i no, i
1: have no interest in creating any more memes the banana one was enough for me. He
0: retired. I've retired. I'm getting out <laughs> on top.
1: Fucking, uh, I'm very uncomfortable with the energy I've created in the studio today. Is
0: is it big?
1: Big. Wow. Like uh, I was not aware of this until yesterday when I saw that it was like uh, on on Twitter and people are saying it on Twitter referencing the TikTok meme referencing the. <laughs> Inscrutable <laughs> clip from the My Brother, My Brother Me television show.
0: You're gonna be on a reply all. Yes, yes, no. I bet. I oh. bet that's the next step.
1: I don't know if it's that big. It's <laughs> weird to me though. Why that? Why that? I mean, it's it's a good thing. I it's, yeah, good. it's good. I'm not hey, I'm not complaining. It's you're just- a
0: funny guy. Everybody loves
1: <laughs> What's your second thing? <laughs>
0: Uh, my second thing is time travel.
1: Oh yeah, baby! Are you kidding? me? I'm gonna make Travis McRoy listen to just this segment of wonderful. So we, Travis gets irrationally fucking angry about time travel things really? in movies. Oh my god! Oh, it delights ask, me. Ask, Tra- hey everyone, ask Travis his thoughts about Looper. Forgot
0: about and then Looper. Stra- and then
1: strap in for the ride of your life
0: i mean i have never been one of those people let's just say to really deeply examine a piece of culture in the way that travis does that's why i love you so (laughs) so so much uh which is probably why i like time travel so much i don't care about the science no don't don't waste your time don't don't
1: waste my time. I, I
0: mean, I enjoy it. All right. When you're watching Quantum Leap, for example, and he takes that string and creates a loop, and then balls up the string to explain how one person's life could touch multiple points. You love it that. Were, I love it. I do. I love that. But am I going to sit there and try and figure out whether or not that makes sense? No. no. not. No. Thanks. <laughs> um. I. I don't. You know. I hear, I'm here to say I haven't figured it out. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She's been trying, folks. She's been trying. We have a, a closet that is just full of like. There's a colander wrapped in tin foil with some batteries taped to it. And you said that that was your time, your mm-hmm. time cap. Mm-hmm. And when you put that on, you could. Um, you said chrono jump was the term that you used, but really you just started like sort of bunny hopping.
0: I've tried different speeds in my car with different songs playing.
1: Yeah, you did 88. You did. You did 33. You did. Um, <laughs> You did negative five. You thought you went back, but then you cra- you <laughs> you've destroyed a lot of homes and houses.
0: Uh, I I was I was sitting down to think like really like okay, obviously I've talked about quantum leap, I love quantum leap. Uh, what other kind of time travel pieces of fiction and film? are sure. big for me. Um, there is a book I read written in 1970 and my parents had it and i must have i don't want to say middle school middle school feels right called time and again and it was about time travel but it was it was in that very like for the purposes of connection and romance kind of book oh
1: a real lake the lake house situation Yes, that's okay. another
0: one i really liked the lake house
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to i saw it in theaters <laughs>
0: Uh, another book I read came out in 2004, Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, yeah. It's made into a movie uh, that is actually written by um, a faculty member at Columbia College in Chicago. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had briefly considered getting an MFA and actually got into the MFA program there and then didn't go. And I kind of regretted only because she taught there and it would have been cool to have her as a teacher. Um, Back to the Future. Got to. Got to. What's your favorite of the three? I think the first one yeah yeah i mean the third one i think is underrated uh i definitely would not say the
1: second one really yeah
0: second one is just recycling a lot of the first one i don't know I like the I
1: second just, one's my favorite really yeah i just like all the like future the future, shit.
0: future stuff
1: the 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 hoverboard future scenes both the the race uh through town and the like car chase later on like those were my absolute shit when i was a kid my absolute shit (laughs) um bill and ted okay you know what do you think of the new one can i get your thoughts on the new one coming out i mean i I don't know anything about it you watched the trailer no oh okay there's a trailer you should watch it
0: um i've also i'm not i don't know much about tenant but i heard that tenant has a time travel element
1: it's yeah I mean, it's got like a Christopher Nolan time travel element, which is like nobody really understands what's going on. (laughs) Like time can go backwards for some people. I don't know. It looks wild.
0: Um, Some of the original kind of time travel phenomenons. I mean, everything that I read said H.U.L. is the time machine. Got to. But they also, 1843, even before that, Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. Um, You know, he's he's traveling to different times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That is time travel.
1: Yeah. The Time Machine is pretty explicitly about time travel, though. Yeah. That was oh, yeah. more about a spiritual journey into one's memories. Was it time travel? Or did he experience... If you experience it in a dream, is it really time travel? Ooh. I don't think he could do... So, he couldn't interact with his past, right? So it's like yeah. he couldn't change That's fair. time. That's fair. That's interesting. Mm.
0: There is a lot written about time travel. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of different like theories and ways of describing it. A lot of... like
1: speculation
0: on whether or not it will ever
1: be possible did your did your research into this uh fictional subject uh bring up primer no oh okay primer is a movie uh that it's like an indie movie that was like critically acclaimed because of its a like hyper realistic approach to time travel oh where it's like a box that you get inside and then you have to sit in it for like eight hours and then when you get out it's before you got in the box and so you can sort of like manipulate the the things that happen and then when you climb in the box that version of yourself just like now no longer exists because uh, it's it, it is a hyper convoluted but like almost ironclad like it's somebody made it's like somebody made a movie listening to people's complaints about like causality and like why time travel movies can't happen like all right motherfuckers like i'll make an extremely dry indie sci-fi movie (laughs) so it's like almost un. it's unpalatable but it's also super fucking fascinating
0: yeah i so when i when i read about time travel um what I read was also pretty dry, and it and it was like Scientific American talking about time dilation that you get from like approaching the speed of light. Oh yeah, I guess Interstellar had that
1: mm-hmm. explicitly. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so for example, um, the the thing in Scientific American that I read talks about you know if you left Earth in a spaceship continuously moving at one G, uh, you would begin to approach the speed of light. And as the ship continued to accelerate, it would come closer to the speed of light. And under that circumstance, a round trip to the center of our galaxy and back, a distance of some sixty thousand light years, could be completed only in a little more than forty years. Upon arriving back on Earth, the astronaut would only be forty years older, while sixty thousand years would have passed on Earth. Um, hurts your hurts the old noodle yeah, to think about, kinda, eh? Kind of hard to really get the the brain around. Mm-hmm um a lot of them t- just talk about this idea of you know you are always moving at the speed of 1 second per second but when you are you know flying or traveling it, you can kind of futs with that a little bit of the time on the clock but it's not like it's going back to make sure that yeah. your parents fall in love which <laughs> yeah. is what i'm interested in yeah sure absolutely <laughs> uh read a little bit about wormholes again don't understand it yeah wormholes that's I'm looking what at. yeah once you get into string theory and
1: shit i'm like nope Bye. <laughs> uh chaos theory i do
0: enjoy okay um you know that idea that like a small change could impact things mm-hmm. um i definitely my in ninth grade our math class asked us to pick some kind of theory and do a report on it so i picked chaos theory and then showed that clip from jurassic park i was gonna say <laughs> did not do well did no, not do well on that that's report. a shame um uh, even with all the
1: erotic <laughs> tension between jeff goldblum and uh
0: you think that would have gotten me a few extra points
1: yeah Laura Dern. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot Laura Dern's name for like 10 seconds. Shame on me. Mm. Shame. Great shame to my house. You should put that poster back up on your wall of Laura Dern so you remember her forever. Well, you made me take it down. Yeah. You said her shorts were too short. (laughs) I said those are her Jurassic Park shorts. What's (laughs) wrong with you? Those are the shorts. Those are the shorts.
0: Um... Yeah. So I, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot to contribute to the science of this. Um, I I have not made advances in my own research in this direction. I don't know that I believe it will be possible in the way that I want it to be possible. No. I also don't know that I would really change anything necessarily. No. Like I still want to end up where I am now. Uh, maybe I would like to like have not eaten that That meat that made me so sick at that barbecue, you know, but I don't know that I I don't know,
1: man, the butterfly effect opens up some like trolley (laughs) problem writ large, where it's like every bad thing that happens after that. Is it your fault? Because you didn't eat that meat at the barbecue? I don't know that I would ever be able to rest.
0: I also don't know if, if there's a particular time period. Like, I don't have it in my head, for example. Like, oh, man, I'd love to go back and see some dinosaurs. Like, I don't
1: know. No way. Are you kidding me? Scary and big lizards? <laughs> I think I'm okay over here. There's
0: a particular time period I'd really want to be at. No. Um, but, I, man, I love, I love it in a movie. Love it sure. in a TV show. Sure. Never saw early edition, kind of like not
1: really time travel not really
0: time travel but i like the idea of trying to put right what once went wrong
1: i remember the one that really blew me away was prisoner of azkaban the third harry potter uh book slash movie that
0: came up when i was looking for like examples in film and it just it it has a
1: twist time travel ending that is like so satisfying and like really (laughs) puts the rest of the book in perspective and the rest of the movie in perspective i I remember being wowed and delighted by that Mm -hmm. as a child Mm -hmm. um yeah do you want to know what our friends at home are talking about yes Well, we got one here from Lauren who says, when you're taking a walk around the neighborhood, pass an open garage and the floral cottony smell of detergent wafts from their running washing machine and out through the garage. Oh my God. Laundry smells so much better when you're not doing it.
0: That is 100% true. That's
1: very true. It's very good. I used to, man, God, I mm-hmm. love that smell as a kid. Seeing like the steam come out of like somebody's uh, like basement exhaust pipe yeah. in the dead of winter and getting really close to it and smelling it and then probably giving myself some sort of chronic. Conditioned because of just how much I was huffing (laughs) washing machine exhaust fumes. Uh, Tia says, something I find wonderful is painter's tape. Peeling it off the wall to reveal a crisp, clean line of paint is so satisfying and just might be the best part of painting. Not just that, but when you can get when we painted Henry's nursery in our old house, oh. I managed to like peel off an entire wall up over a door, like in <laughs> one single pull, even though it was multiple pieces of tape. Holy shit, that's satisfying. <laughs> wow, that's good.
0: I've been watching a lot of those videos on Facebook where people make art by putting tape down and painting around
1: it. And the yeah. lifting, that's a nice video. Those are really popping off. Like you make the moon by putting a circle of tape on a thing and yeah. then painting around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are we... Why are we seeing? Is that viral? The idea of ta- <laughs> painting around tape? I don't know. I didn't know. that it's something that abstract. could. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening to uh, our, our little program. And thank you to Bowen and Augustus f- for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank
0: you, Maximum Fun, for hosting our show and all the great shows that you can find on MaximumFun.org. Uh,
1: yes, uh, there's, there's a lot for you to dig into. I know this show is an upbeat show, but... Um, There's some horrible stuff happening right now that uh, everyone should be paying attention to and trying to find ways to help if they can. That it is, you know, not good to shut that stuff out completely. Uh, Specifically, the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, uh, which is uh, infuriating and just the latest in a string of uh, police violence. There are ways that you can support Protesters on the ground, like uh, the Milwaukee Freedom Fund uh, or supporting Black Lives Matter. Uh, and to not, you know, completely turn away from that because it is as important as ever um, to find out what you can do to help. Uh, also, the California wildfires, there's uh, no shortage of ways that you can help out with that. We'll have a link in the episode description of different sort of mutual funds uh, and other ways to give to communities in that area to, to support them. But um, yeah, we'd encourage you to help because uh, it, it's, it is the right thing to do. I think that's about it. And um, I sound really gruff, don't I? I sound mm-hmm. like a real Billy Goat over here, mm-hmm. don't I? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to say in like my cool voice,
0: mm-hmm. my
1: cool, my cool, uh, shrunken nose meat mm-hmm. voice?
0: We are having a sale right now on Rice Krispies.
1: The Rice Krispies <laughs> have been the prices have been spl- slashed <laughs> on these crispy little guys. <laughs> 4.99 How much is a Rice Krispie cough? <laughs> Probably not $5 a <laughs> pack.